Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Okay, everyone, welcome to this week's Believe in Wizards podcast. As always, uh, I'm Matt, he's Larry, and we're joined by a special guest, uh, Washington Wizards starting small forward at the moment, but maybe point guard uh, <laughs> for some of these games down the way. I guess we'll see. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. Troy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. For sure. I uh, just, you know, since we're a hard hitting journalistic endeavor here, wanted to start with like a really serious question for you. You just turned 21 the other week, or I guess last week. Yeah, what was the first ago. alcoholic beverage in the bubble? Did somebody buy you a drink on the team, or, or did they even have um, beer and stuff there? Jan, Jan, Jan got me some wine. So, we, yeah, we got, we got to celebrate it. Uh, they took me to dinner and stuff, and he got me some wine. So my vet looked out for me for sure. So, yeah. Oh, man, you, you, you'd be able to tell, tell your kids about turning 21 in the bubble, man. That's, that's, a, that's a tough place to turn 21 at. Yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, it's one of those things, like, for me, like, you know, like, I love basketball, and, like, you know, you miss so much when you're younger, too, like, just based off of the fact, like, I never got to celebrate my birthday just because my birthday is in the summer, like, literally in the middle of, like, Peach Jam, like, Fab 48, like, all these tournaments, like, I never got to celebrate my birthday until I got to the league, so, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal just because of the fact that, for me, like, I know why I'm here, you know, I can celebrate, like, when I'm away from the bubble, so, yeah. And I got to imagine, you know, age-wise, you guys are all pretty close, and you seem like a tight-knit group, so it's probably not a terrible uh, group of guys to to get to hang out with and celebrate with anyway. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be serious, and we'll we'll talk some basketball, but I, I did get a chance to check out the balling in the bubble, so I know you got a lot of personality. I know you've been having a lot of fun <laughs> with your teammates, so, you know, we um, we support the Wizards 100%, man, but we love to, to to see those personalities come out, man, so have some fun with this. You know this conversation and we want to uh you know get some insider information no for sure no i i mean everybody on our team is super cool we all like like you said we're all super young and just you know trying to make names for ourselves but at the same time really take this opportunity very seriously and make the most of it so it's definitely been a fun experience so far and we're definitely like i said just trying to make the most of it so it always seems like a lot of the more successful teams have sort of that personal bond and larry's talked about his better teams before you know that or guys where you had groups where you went out to dinner and guys did things. Do you think maybe this bubble thing and kind of being so close to guys can kind of help you guys establish those bonds longer term? Um, I would definitely say so. Because um, like you said, um, it's just more of the, one of those things like when you know people, you feel more comfortable like talking to them about stuff. Like even when you're on the court, like, you know, like if you know somebody well and you know their personality, you're not afraid to call them out about something that they're doing on the court. And so I definitely feel like that's a huge thing. And so, um, like I said, like earlier with Jan, you know, like both of us are trying to just be 
make the most out of this bubble situation. You know, it's tough. Like people are away from their families and stuff and that's not easy. So we're just trying to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and at least know like there's like a family type of vibe within the bubble, like from our organization. What what other things do you guys have in common, you know, other other than basketball? So when you're off the court, you know, you're talking about, you know, obviously life things. What are, what are the things right. you guys have in common? I would just say more so from the aspect of like, you know, like dealing with the same problems, you know, like just like, like I said, like we're all young and like you kind of come into the league and you're given all this money all at once. You automatically turn into like your own entrepreneur. And it's like one of those things where a lot of people think that like it's just so easy to just get this money and like have all this responsibility all at once. But it's like a majority of us have like maybe like worked like one job, if any, like ever had a job. So this is one of those things like we just kind of throw out different stuff. We talk about like random stuff all the time, too. So uh, it's just more so about like conversation and just keeping that flowing and, you know, just I don't know. Like We literally talk about whatever. And it's just it's very healthy. So you guys almost have the vibe of a college team to some extent, because there's a lot of you that are close in age. But talk about what Ish and Jan bring to the table being the, the two kind of older guys on the team. They're definitely more like the the vocal like background of our team, you know, like just more so from a like we I've been here, I've seen it like and I know what it takes to stay in the league type of vibe. And so they make sure like even like sometimes with us, like we'll because we're young and we want to we're so eager to be good or like make a name for ourselves and be this like wonderful player. Like they'll like tell us like, yo, like calm down. Like it's okay. Like it's just one game or like whatever it is. Like if it's a practice and like you miss a shot and you're frustrated, like they're more of like the calm, like vocal like kind of letting us know, like, it's going to be all right. Like, it's okay. Like, it's a long process. Like, so they definitely do a good job of that, of keeping us, like, sane in that in that area. Yeah, Troy, I mean, I, I've watched you. I, I've watched you, and I think that that's important to have that sort of support, you know, on the backside of a vet that's just letting you know, like, hey, man, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Because yeah. I know and I've heard, you know, the you know, the amount of comments that you get about what you should do, you know, if you should shoot the ball, if you should drive the ball, you know, how are you going to play defense, what position you're going to play. So just right. really keeping those guys close, man, that, that's good to have. You know, take it from a guy that's, that's been there. Uh, it's good yeah. to have those vets that are around and really keep that stuff in perspective for you, man. So that, that, that's good to have. It's, it's definitely dope for me just because of the fact that, like, growing up, like, in my household, like, I have two older sisters and then I have my mom, like, and then I just have my dad. Like, I never had, like, that big brother figure, you know? So, like, to be able to hear from different points of view and, like, I'm always looking, like, to try to, like, learn whatever I can. Like, especially if you've been in the league 12 years, like, I want to be in the league 12 years. Like, I want to be in the league as long as I can. So, when they tell me stuff, I just try to, like, really, like, let it resonate with myself and, like, just make sure I'm using that to my advantage. Cause like, sometimes I feel like for me personally, like I'm very serious about my craft and I feel like sometimes like I do need to just like, yo, like, it's okay. Just who like, you know, so, so yeah, it definitely helps a lot. Uh, you know, maybe the play in the bubble didn't kick off for, for you personally as, as strongly as you would like, but it seems like you've kind of settled into things a bit. Is that sort of part of it? It's just, all right, you know, it's a, eight games is a good amount of time. Like the first one, we could put that behind us and just work on what you can work on. Yeah, I mean, it was just more so about like we haven't played basketball at a like a really like competitive level in like four months, you know. So everybody's getting adjusted. You see a lot of guys around the league right now that aren't playing as well as they 
like normally would but like now they're kind of getting into their grooves and stuff like that and so you know it's just a, a timing thing at the end of the day we're all human like nobody's perfect like you're gonna have bad games and so it's just more so about mentally how you react to that and like whether or not you're gonna let it bother you for the next game or if you're gonna keep having this mindset of like nah next game is the game so where are you finding your motivation to to make it to the next game make it to the next day all the things that are stacked up against you guys um, well, I would just say the biggest thing for me personally, like just my motivation is just the fact that like I want I want to be a great player. Like that's the only motivation like I need. And the fact like I think about it all the time and I'd be like, wow, like probably like a majority of my life has been based off of basketball. Like I work so hard to get to where I'm at. And I feel like a lot of guys get caught up in the fact of like, oh, I made it to the league. I'm good. And like, instead of like keep on like trying to progressively get better. And so for me personally, that's all the motivation I need. But from a team perspective, like I said, like we're really young and we have a lot of guys that that just want to be great players, you know, like and like we know the odds are against us. We, we like we, we humans too. Like we see all the people talking mess and stuff like that. And so it's just one of those things like at the end of the day, we want to prove people wrong and regardless of if we win games or not, we're going to go out there and give 110 and people are going to know that we're out there giving our best effort, you know? So I would definitely say as a group, like collectively, we all kind of have like that chip on our shoulder with that. We're recording this on uh, Thursday afternoon. So it'll come out Thursday night, but by the time a lot of people hear it, it'll probably be, you know, you guys are heading into your fifth game. Uh, You guys are currently 0 and 4. So as competitors, it's probably not where you would want to be, but um is an overall positive experience for you guys like is it is it easy to or not easy but are you guys able to kind of make that split between growth versus results um it's definitely frustrating is this i'm not gonna lie to you like just to keep it a honey like it's definitely frustrating but it's one of those things like at the end of the day like you gotta you gotta move on like you can't be stuck in the past and like you just gotta like because it's the same thing like you'll see teams like even right now like Memphis isn't doing the greatest right now, but at the end of the day, like they're a young group and like, you just got to move on. Like we play so many games throughout the year that you like, and that was the biggest thing for me learning in my rookie year was like, you can't like let that linger. Like, you know, like you have to bounce back quick. And for us right now, I would just say it's one of those things where regardless of the outcome, like as long as we know we gave 110, like, of course, losing is frustrating and, like, we're all pissed off after the game, but, like, we still have to progressively move on and keep on trying to get better and remember why we're here. Is that your mindset or is that collectively, is that is that the team's mindset? Um, I would say a little bit of both, um, just more so of, like, the overall message. I know for me personally, like, I came into the bubble with high expectations for myself just based off of the opportunity that I'm given, but... I feel like a lot of guys feel the same way and they kind of feel that need to like step up and kind of like take advantage of this opportunity, especially with us being young. And like, I know I keep on saying that, but like a lot of guys, like this is one of those things. It's like one of those opportunities, like you're not going to get this back. Like, you know, like, so especially like being in the bubble, like just the whole situation in general, dealing with like the pandemic and being in Disney world locked in just to play basketball. It's definitely one of those things. Like this is a unique opportunity for us. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know you're a young, you know, young player just just getting started, but that's the message that the team, you know, should have. So right. I'm just encouraging you, you know, if, if that's your mindset, if you haven't told the team that, you know, right. that's a great mindset to have as you guys move forward and just make sure, you know, just because you're young, that doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't speak up. So right. you know, that's, a, right. that's a good message 100%. for the team to have. 
Uh, Troy, I went to summer league last year. And one of the things I really liked was sort of a leadership role that you took with that team, having your barber for guys and, you know, like getting guys used to the city and just even in pregame, you were kind of getting guys pumped up and like right. keeping people focused. Is that, have you been able to have like a, you know, sort of a leadership role down in the bubble at all too? Or is that just sort of relying on the vets to kind of set the tone? No, I would definitely say I have a leadership role just from the sense of being consistently vocal, you know, like just being that guy that's always talking, um, especially I would say the biggest thing like for me right now is like being able to be heard on the court and like making sure like I'm consistently talking and I'm yelling out coverages and I'm telling guys to match up and transition and stuff like that, especially with the fact that there's no crowd. So like it's one of those things where like I could be vocal and I know y'all all can hear me, like you know, and so it's definitely helped out a lot. And like I could just like even me and Rui were talking about it the other day, like when you talk, it gives everybody so much more confidence. Like and it like and it makes it easier for us to not mess up coverages and stuff like that. And so um, it's just one of those things for me. I just try to take pride in that because sometimes I know like I can kind of sit back and be like, oh, well, I'm doing good. Like, you know, and but that's not the case. If, if you're going to be a leader, you got to be a leader all the time. And so that's one thing I've been trying to hold myself accountable to whenever things are going good or things are going bad. Regardless, like I need to be a vocal communicator with my team. Yeah, try, give me some uh, some short term sh- short term goals, uh, short term, long term, uh, also, but just I- immediate, you know, immediate closing out of the bubble, but also getting prepared uh, for your next season. Um, I mean, goal wise, I mean, short term, I don't really have anything like specific for me. Uh, I like I said, like my more thing has been like even since they announced the bubble, my goal was to come out here. And for me personally to show what I'm capable of and show that I'm a leader on the court and that I'm able to bring an impact to the team. Um, But from a stat wise standpoint, I've never been that type of guy. Um, I've never been the type of guy to be like, Oh yeah, I need this many points in this rebound. I can really care less. As long as I know I'm giving 110 and I'm doing what I said I was going to do. And that's what I feel like I'm kind of doing right now. uh, I'm 110% okay with that. But from a long-term goal, you know, we all have the goals of, being all-stars one day and winning the championship and stuff like that. And so I aspire for those things. But at the end of the day, I know that stuff doesn't dictate my career, you know, so. Yes, it's all about the day-to-day work, man. It's all about the day-to-day work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, so Troy, things you want to work on longer term, you know, a lot of the ones people point to is is your shorter perimeter shooting and things like that. And that's maybe the, Mm -hmm. the knock that you hear from fans, but. He actually shot like 35%-ish for most of the year, which is which is a pretty good percentage. Maybe not as great in the bubble so far as you would like. But right. in this Philly game, you were really aggressive about going to the basket. And, and that's, you know, like going at Embiid even and had a nice and one. Was that a sort of an intentional choice to say, all right, I'm going to get something going by going downhill and, and trying to create a little bit? Well, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I'm not a one-dimensional player. Like, you know, like, shooting doesn't define my career. Like, I'm not the player that, like, oh, if I'm not scoring, like, you got to take me out the game. Like, and that's always been my thing is, like, just being versatile. Um, With the shooting thing, I feel like the shooting thing will keep on coming within time. Um, Like you said, at the end of the day, like, I was shooting, like, 35% before we came into the bubble. Hasn't been, like, as high as I wanted to be. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to make adjustments. And if the shot's not falling, like, you got to be able to get to the rim and make that adjustment of attacking and being able to create for others and stuff. And so, for me, after that first half, I think I was, like, three 
for 10 or something like that. And I was like settling for a lot of mid range jump shots and stuff. And I was just like, I got to stop settling. I got to be able to get downhill and put pressure on their bigs. And so when we came into the second half, you know, my teammates did a good job of just like making me like, you know, feel good about myself. Like, yo, are you good? Like, come on, let me about to bounce back. And so I appreciate them for that. And so coming into that second half, I was just like, I'm going to just be more aggressive and get more downhill and use my body. You know, I'm six, seven, like at the end of the day, like, you know, I have a, a wide frame. I'm able to get to my spots where I want to. So, so yeah. Larry, you were somebody that developed your perimeter game, you know, more as you as you got into the league. Any advice for for Troy or things that that were important to you that he can kind of take? Now, I, I definitely think that you get better. Um, obviously, as you get older, um, your mechanics get better, you get stronger, uh, and, and then you just settle into what you're doing, uh, understanding your plays more, things of that nature. But I would always say that that guys that feel like they're they're versatile, that's their advantage because they're not going to rely on just the comments from the jump shots, because now we got to talk about what I'm doing on the defensive end. Well, what, what am I doing, um, you know, in the locker room? So these are things that are, I think that are important to have as you continue to, you know, hone in, you know, your outside shot, but just making sure that the versatility is, is spread throughout all the skill sets and you want to try to get them as equal as possible. But at the same time, I don't like guys that say, I'm going to go out, and prove people wrong right. by shooting a bunch of threes or doing a bunch of things that are not necessarily your game. So it sounds like to me that you're comfortable in your space. And I would just say it's just, just about the reps now, just about right. the reps and understanding offensive sets and defensive sets. Put the ball in the hole, man. That's the name of the game these right. days. You know, however <laughs> you can get it done, you put the ball in the hole, score points, get it on the defensive end, and right. don't be concerned if, you know, you're shooting 30% or 35% or 32% right. from that line. You know, just, just get it going. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. And that, that, that's why I try to, like, make my mindset is, like, like, I'm a basketball player. Like, my points don't dictate or, like, whether I'm shooting 40% or 30%, like, that doesn't dictate whether or not I'm having a good game. Like, I affect the game in so many different ways that, like, people get so caught up in, like, nowadays. Like, I was just having to talk with somebody about, like, triple doubles. Russ kind of watered down the whole triple-double stuff because he made it so normal because he was doing it on a nightly basis. But I don't think people understand, like, how effective that really is. Like, you know, like, people, like, nowadays in our game, like, people would rather see somebody go get 50 than get a triple-double. And that's just kind of the society we, like, live in now and how the era of our game is to our audience. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like, you know, like I would rather have somebody that could affect the game across all across the whole board than to just have somebody that's like one dimensional. And it's like if they're not scoring, they can't really help. Me. But that's just my opinion towards stuff. So it makes you more fun to play with, I would think, too. Like as a teammate, I'd rather play with the guy that, that wants to set me up and is going to grab the ball off the glass and try to take it coast to coast. Like that's yeah. that would be my take. Yeah. <laughs> Any guys that you kind of model your game after or try to emulate, whether the current or past players? I wouldn't say more so model. I would just say I kind of like based off of my game, I just try to like pick and choose stuff off of different guys. Like I watch a lot of film on different dudes. Like, and as of recently, like I've been watching a lot of like CJ um, from Portland. I've been watching him a lot just because of the fact he's not the most athletic dude in the league, but he gets to his spots and he uses his body very well. And he has that floater in his game. I've been watching a lot of CJ lately. Um, a lot of Chris Middleton, 
uh, just in the sense of, like I said, like not the most athletic dude in the world, but gets to his spots, has a nice mid-range jumper, um, and knows how to score the ball very efficiently. Uh, but as of lately, those have been the two dudes I've been kind of locked in and just more so focused on that sense. And even from like an offensive, like post-up like type of deal, like I haven't really got into that more so into my game, but just kind of more so studying like a young dude like Jason Tatum, like he's a guy that gets to his spots and is able to use his body very well in his length. Yeah, just being a student of the game, a Swiss Army knife. So I watched you shoot the floater. Um, is that something that you you picked up from CJ? I mean, the, the last against, uh, what was it, Philly? I think he shot, no, no, the Nets. The Philly, Nets, yeah. I think he shot like three or four of them going yeah. down the lane. Is that from, is that from CJ? I've, so I've always like done the floater, like regardless of it was like a little guy trying to take, because when I was younger, I was always bigger than everybody, but I played guard. So when you're younger, they try to even the game out by not letting you use your physicality against guys, because it's like, this is unfair. Like you're taller than everybody, you're stronger than everybody. And I'm playing point guard. So obviously the other point guard is going to try to guard me. And so it got to the point to where like, I was getting so many offensive fouls that I was just like, okay, I can still get to my spots and get close enough to where I could get my floaters off. And so it just, it became like, it just became my reps. And that's just something that was always natural to me. And when I first got into the league, it was hard to like do it because like people weren't very confident in it. Like when I would do it and I would miss, like I would kind of like get kind of backlash. Cause it was like, why wouldn't you just go all the way to the rim and finish? But um, as I got more comfortable and I just, grew more into my game and just started playing more of my game. It's been something I've always had since I was younger. So, I mean, yeah, it's been supernatural for me. And watching CJ do it just kind of gave me more, more confidence to go out there and, like, execute it because the things that he's doing, like I said, it's not like he's the most talented dude in the world. He just knows how to get to his spots and use his body. So, Where, where, are, you, where are you most comfortable playing? Is there a position that you're most comfortable with, whether it's point or wing? What's what's for you? Um, I mean, for me, I'm a basketball player. Um, I mean, I know I love to pass the basketball. Like, that's just how I am. Like, I love to make the right plays and get guys open just because I love to see the happiness on their face and their confidence, like, you know, get up. But for me, the biggest thing is, like, regardless of what position I'm at, I'm still going to rebound the basketball. And if I get the rebound, I'm going to bring the ball up. So it, it doesn't really matter um, for me personally, but I would definitely say I prefer the ball in my hands just to make plays and get guys open. I mentioned this earlier on, I think, but Scott Brooks said recently, uh, you know, we might see you start a game at point guard or something like that. Is that it's something you want to do to try and just see how, how it works and fits in the starting lineup that way? I have no problem with that. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, like I feel like I'm capable of playing like one through three. Uh, so that that has no – no effect on me personally now it just becomes one of those things where as a point guard you have a responsibility you have to make sure like people get into sets you have to make sure everybody's matched up like you know like the responsibility of being the point guard on the court has a higher level it's just like being a quarterback on the football field like the quarterback has to know all the plays he has to know all the routes like so it's the same thing but for me personally I feel like I'm, I'm okay with that yeah that that point guard is you know the strategy uh, that's a, it's all it's all about strategy now as, as a point guard because those guys are scoring the ball too. So yeah. again, as you're versatile, obviously you like to pass the ball, but from a point guard standpoint, you can still put the ball yeah. in the hole as well, and that's needed, man. That's needed. Yeah. If, if Shep's doing his job, 
You know, you got to gotta have guys out there that can put the ball in the hole. Yeah, for sure. I hear you. Because it's one of those things, it's like they have to guard you differently if you can score. Like, if you're not going to attack and you're always pass first, they're not going to play the offense. Uh, they're not going to guard you the same way they would somebody that they know is always looking to get the, their shot off. So are you, are you a film guy? You, you, you watch a lot of film? Yeah, I watch tons, defense. Like, yeah, and just more so, of like, I'll, like, just, like, let games run. Like, I'll just watch YouTube and, like, literally just watch, like, old games, like, mellow playing or, like, you know, like, I'll just let it run all day and I'll just sit there and just watch. Like, it's just fun to me. Brad did one of the broadcasts, I forget which game, I want to say it was for the Nets game, and he mentioned that he felt like you were a little hesitant when you guys played together this year. Is that just sort of getting used to playing with a high usage guy like Brad and, and figuring out you know, when, to, when to pick your spots as a scorer versus a you know, facilitator? Like, talk to a little bit about what that's like playing next to him. Um, for me personally, I would just say more so of me trying to figure out my role, um, especially this year. Um, you know, like I was starting at the three this year and then I started coming off the bench. So it was just more so of me trying to figure out what is my role, especially in the groups that I was playing with. You know, at the beginning of the year, I was more of like a three and D guy, kind of, um, you know, more so just guarding the best player on the court. And then just more so being able to have to be able to open, hit open shots in the corner and shoot that three. Uh, but coming off the bench, I felt like I was more able to kind of play my game and just you know, be able to get rebounds and play fast paced and, you know, get guys in the sets and stuff like that. So it was just more so of me figuring out my game and just like, like Larry said, like just being able to know what I'm good at and it, like putting that into action. Larry, you were somebody that was, you know, super versatile in, in your career and, and you also played next to some big time scorers. Any tips for, for Troy on, on that and how to sort of fit in and, and make life easy for those, those other guys? No, I, I think Troy has a, has a good mindset, and I think that's really what it boils down to is is your mindset or how you you know how you prepare. And I would just encourage you to don't hesitate and don't overthink the situations and don't don't overthink the play. Like you yeah. said, you can tend to analyze things you know a, a little bit deeper, but your game, your talent is is what the team needs. So it's now just kind of honing in on on that skill. Uh, figuring out how to play, you know, with the Brad or with the John, even though you like to handle the ball, just right. figuring out how to assert yourself. And I think you, you you hit it on the head is that if you play defense, it's your ability to go rebound. And once you rebound, and it, it's, it's your push. I mean, it's, right. it's your ball. So you kind of figure that out just in conversation is yeah. you get it off the board then you're able to push. And then that's where you get your, you know, you get your fix of, of, of handling the basketball because those guys are, you know, high use guys. But for me, man, just just talking to you, um, you know, obviously I, I know Jason and been was around Jason during the time he's playing in the EYBL, <laughs> yeah. So all that, so I, I've I've seen you, you know, kind of you know grow up, uh, but never had a chance to have a conversation with you. Uh, but it seems that you understand the game, so it's just about now, just just you know setting those goals. I encourage you to set right. goals, and I encourage you to mix some stats into those goals because that's going to make you you know, push you a little bit harder, you know, get right. you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I think that you guys have something brewing over there with your young mix um, and your off the court stuff is, it'll transfer over into your on court stuff, but shoot the basketball, shoot it, you know, yeah. you know, shoot the basketball. That, that's, that's, those are my words to you. It's like, shoot the basketball. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had an interview. I, I talked to L Hughes, shoot the basketball. That, that, yep, those I are my you. words to you for sure. Yes, sir.
Brad also said on that, that same broadcast that he thought, you know, they asked him who, who he thought this would be especially good for. And, and you were one of the guys he mentioned because he thought, you know, this would be an opportunity for you to grow into the player he knows you can be, but also show what kind of player you are. What does that mean to hear from, from somebody that you know, should be an all NBA pick? That- <laughs> oh, I mean, well, for me personally, like, you know, Brad is definitely somebody that even when I first came into the league, like he's always been somebody like I have never been afraid to like go to him and like ask or like advice or like talking to him about like basketball, like, yo, like Brad, like, what do you see here? Like when you come off this pick and roll, like, what do you see? And so um, he's definitely been somebody that's been more than welcoming in that standpoint. And so to hear him say that, like, is definitely dope, you know, because it's just one of those things like to have people in your corner that support you, especially teammates, like you said, that should be all NBA and, you know, is all-star and stuff like that, you know, it's definitely dope. And it's just one of those things where, like, when people tell you stuff like that, it gives you confidence to go out and play your game and just know that you're moving in the right direction. So, How many times have, have you or somebody on the team called the uh, the snitch hotline on another team? <laughs> the snitch hotline. We, my, my teammates don't get down like that. Like, I couldn't even imagine one of my teammates doing that, like – yeah, that that probably wasn't us. I would bet money on it that it wasn't us. <laughs> you you got to get the competitive advantage when you can. Like make those the guys take extra line. tests. I couldn't believe when they were putting that together. I was like, this is gonna be terrible. I was like, this. <laughs> man, that's funny though. So uh, so you are having some fun, you know, within the bubble structure. You know, just talk to us a little bit about balling in the bubble. You know, the thought yeah. process behind it. And I got some questions just on the production of it, man. Like. Who's, who's helping you produce that or put that out? Yeah, so pretty much um, coming into it, uh, it was one of those things where, like, I knew, like, obviously there was no sports, like, coming back, and everybody would be super hyped and, like, wondering what's going on in the bubble. Like, everybody's hearing about the bubble, like, hearing about the conditions that are going to be going on and stuff like that. Like, obviously y'all saw when people put the food out, like, how crazy viral it went and stuff. And so – in my head, I was just like, kind of like had it growing up. And so finally, like the first day we got here, I was like, I think I'm going to do it. So like I put it on Twitter um, and I was like getting really good feedback. Like a lot of people were like, do it. Like that would be so dope. And like a lot of support from it. So I was like, all right, bet I'm going to do it. Then um, our PR team from the Wizards reached out and was like, hey, if like you want to partner with us, then we would love to do that with you and like help you with the production of it and stuff. And so like I edit my own stuff. And so for them to do that especially like while I'm playing basketball that was huge for me because I was like yo like that could help take a load off me because then I could like do this stuff cut it up and then send it to them and then they'll help me edit it and so they've been not like I thank them so much for helping me with that because like you know they are professionals on their side like the way they edit like, I'll edit it one way and they'll come back completely different so what I sent them you know and so it's super dope, like, just to have people that support you in that sense, especially when it's something off the court. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, we're all athletes, and, like, everybody always wants to know what we're doing on the court and stuff like that. But off the court, as people to be able to show our personalities and, like, to even be able to, like, show my teammates on that type of platform, you know, whether or not they're just being themselves and they're not intentionally doing it because I'm holding the camera. It's definitely dope, and the opportunity has been great. So, so yeah. So it's just what you guys are doing at the moment. There's nothing scripted. There's nothing that we're going to do this this day. It's just kind of freestyle and let's go. I mean, like, based off of our schedule, we'll plan stuff out. Like, uh, for example, like I went with Dave to do the laundry. Like, obviously, we're like, hey, Dave, like, can we go with you tomorrow to, like, 
but like from a like talking and like stuff like that like we just be having fun and then we just take the best clips from there and put it in the the vlogs and it'd be super funny so so yeah the dave avery prank call is the funniest (laughs) thing i've heard all year is that a regular thing man dave dave is a character for sure he's he's definitely one of the most light-hearted people um in the bubble i'll definitely say that and just kind of like always bringing that energy you know it's always those guys that you know like are behind the scenes that like kind of keep stuff running and so that was super funny but dave always is messing around 24 7 and that's why you can tell that from the vlog like you watch it you can just tell from his personality he's a good dude and that he's always messing around and so yeah uh, that speaks to your character too though by by kind of showing the the different side of, of the organization and the guys that make all these things happen behind the scenes and, and help you know make you guys successful so uh, props for for doing that and and highlighting the guy that kind of makes it happen. Thank you. Do you uh, do you get final cut on the edits when you send them to the Wizards? Like, do you get to push back if you didn't like the way they edited something? Yeah. So pretty much, so what they'll do is is like we have like a twenty four hour like editing period. So like, um, I'll send them all my stuff or whatever, and then they'll send it back to me a day before it comes out, and then so. Um, I'll talk to our PR people and just pretty much I'll watch it, just take notes on it. Um, and then I'll send back what I think of it. Some of it makes the cut. Some of it doesn't just based off of the fact that we have a timeline or what we're going to put it out. And then so like just depending on what it is, like how much time we have in between the final cut and the release date, you know, they try to put in as much as possible. And then from there, yeah, it's just one of those things, it's just communication things. So, so yeah, it works out pretty well, though, as you can see. <laughs> That's, that's what's up, being productive in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's honestly been one of my favorite takeaways from from this whole time because it's it's showing what you guys are like. You know, like you said, off the court, it's it's the personality, and you know, not to pick at anybody in particular, but there have been some maybe less likable characters that have come through DC in the last you know decade and a half or whatever. So showing what you guys are about, you know, personality wise, and that you are likable dudes, and it, it makes it easier to root for and build that connection with the fan base. Yeah, so. For sure. It's, it's just one of those things, like, even for myself, like, as a basketball player, like, especially like coming in, like, I always just wanted to make sure I took care of basketball first. And I was like, this is what's got me here. This is the reason I have this platform. And like, I love this game. But like, it was just one of those things where I was just like, like nobody knows who I am as a person. Like they just know Troy Brown, the basketball player. Like they don't know me as a person and know how I act. So I feel like this vlog was just like a good way for me to like be myself and then show everybody else how like, you know, like we're more than basketball players. Like people think of us as like these commodities, but we're just regular people just like everybody else. Yeah, that, that that's positive, man. And just to use your platform to extend yourself, extend yourself out into the space so people can get a chance to, know that you are more than a than a basketball player that, that is very important uh larry any other questions you have for troy uh no i i don't man i don't it was a good 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 talking with you troy appreciate y'all having me on uh troy before we wrap any uh you know anything on your end any message you want to get out whether it's you know something you haven't gotten through the, the vlog yet or, or things that you want people to know about this team and, and what they can expect from you guys over the last you know four and hopefully more games Man, I mean, obviously, like I said before, like, and that's always been the message all year. We're going to come out and we're going to give 110. We know we're a young group, but at the end of the day, we're we're all still developing and we're definitely trying to make the most out of our situation, just being out here. And so, 
you know, even with the vlog stuff, like everybody's just enjoying it and having fun and just trying to, you know, make the most of it. And so that's just the biggest message. So, but like I said, I appreciate y'all having me on for real. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's been our pleasure. Uh, so for everybody, again, this is Believe in Wizards, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out Troy's vlog, Balling in the Bubble. You can find it on his YouTube account. And uh, obviously you guys have a game on Friday. So, so good luck and yeah. kick some ass. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, good luck, man. Yeah, thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.